As we prepare our hearts to hear from you through the word of God today, we have hopefully prepared our hearts in worshiping you, taking our minds off of what it is that may be the situation in our lives and focusing on you and focusing on the fact that you are somebody that we are so eternally grateful to. There's 10,000 reasons and many, many more. We could spend the rest of the days just talking about how grateful we are to you and so many reasons. Prepare our hearts today to say exactly what it is you want to say to that piece of our heart that needs to be changed. I pray in your name today, Father. Amen. How's everybody doing today? If I could please ask every veteran that is here, male or female, no matter what branch of the service it is that you served in, could you please stand for us, please? Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much from the bottom of our hearts. We thank you continuously and ongoingly, not just one day a year. We thank you continuously. Matter of fact, if you'll take a look at your sermon notes, I have dot, 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 I-N-G. Maybe the volume down just a tad so I don't feel like I'm in my own ear. So why do I have dot, 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 I-N-G? Because we don't just thank a veteran today. I-N-G means ongoing. My wife and I were having breakfast the other day, and there was a guy that had a hat on that said, you know, Korea. My dad served in Korea also in the Korean War, and I said to him, you know, I, I thought about it. You know, I thought, you know, I, I really am thankful to that guy, but I spoke up with a little bit of volume, with a little bit of sound, you know. It's one thing to be quiet, but it's another thing to take action and say, I'm thankful to you. Thank you for serving, in which he was extremely grateful for. I-N-G, ongoingly. Some of them pay the price ongoingly. We want to continue to say ongoingly, thank you. And as I think about that ING, I think about the growth of me as a Christian, as you as a Christian. I think about our hearts. That's why we have a Lego up here. You know, there, there are ongoing disciplines that we continue to have to work on. Some we've done better at than others. You know, continuously we need to say, Lord, help me, whether it may be temptation or worry or trust or obedience, whatever. And today, though, there's that one part of the Lego part of our hearts that I want to say we need to be continuously, ongoingly thankful. It's that sanctifying work in our heart that I want to work on with the Lord's help today because it could be red as could be, or maybe it's a black spot that is hindering the sanctification, the, the preparation, the holiness that it should be in every one of our hearts. So if you could turn to Luke 17, I have it there in your notes. You're also welcome to pull out your smartphone. Go to your smartphone, go to the YouTube Bible app, lower right-hand corner. Just touch those three little dashes there. Go to events. Uh, I tried it, it's already there. Or you can use the hard notes that's in your program there. Luke 17, 11 through 19 uh, story of the ten leopards. So just another day, right? Just another day. The things that we'll discuss today and look at today, these are the type of things that happen and ongoing all the time. Number one in your notes, would you fill it in with me? Here's the scene. Call it the scene, call it the situation, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. All right, he's 
traveling along the border, right? And it's interesting, if you know a little bit of the history, you have the Galileans and you have the Samaritans. They basically hate each other. You know, the Galileans have this haughty spirit. You know, we've stuck holy. We, we continue to do what's right. We intermarry only with other Hebrew and Jewish people. And you Samaritans are half-breeds. If they could, they'd have had Trump building a wall between the two of them. You all right today? There's a border there. They, they, they would love to have a border because he's out. Jesus, he's, he's walking on the border. He, he's certain that there are people there that today, they just, they're on the outside there. They're, uh, see this village, they, they have to be on the outside of the town. They're lepers, and according to at least one of the passages in Leviticus 13, they have to stay outside of the village because of their disease. It was a health thing. There were skin diseases that were contagious, and there were some that were not contagious. If you were, you were to be outside, as we'll see here in just a minute. Now, here you have Samaritans, and you have um, Galileans. I always want to say Galatians. I apologize. Galileans, and they're divided by their beliefs. They're divided by their religion, and Jesus is walking down between the two of them. You got Galilee on one side, and you got Samaritans on the other side. And then there's this 10 leper colony of people. I wonder, and it's, step, it's maybe a little bit hint here a little bit later, that maybe their disease bound them together no matter if they were from Galilee or they, they were from Samaria. Here's the situation. Here's the scene. And the, here they are, and these lepers are bound together. I don't, I don't know what it's like to be quarantined like maybe they were, but I know when I grew up and had chicken pox, sis, right? We were quarantined. You know, you were put in the... There were six of us. You know, I, I would have thought my mom would have said, why don't you guys all just hang out? We'll get it over with. But no, no. Yeah. So, and so when I got them, I was happy as a clam. Five sisters? I get to be quarantined from them? Yes! What's my next disease that's coming? Here they are. I'm sure that they weren't as happy as I was. And while the uh, Samaritans and the Galileans didn't get along much, uh, neither of them wanted the lepers. So here's the scene, everybody. And these ten lepers, they're about to make a scene. Number two in your notes, solicitation. Solicitation. Everybody knows what it is to go up to a business. You know, there's a sign on the front, no soliciting. And we know what that means. Don't come in here asking for anything. Jeff, you ought to have one there. I know you don't, but, man, they come in and they solicit your store. I know it. I've been there. No soliciting. Look at verse 12 as it goes on. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, according to Leviticus 13, 45 and 46, it says that if you were declared to have a skin disease, leprosy, whatever it might be, you uh, must wear torn clothes, your hair must be unkept, you cover the lower part of your face and cry out, unclean, unclean. They must live alone, they must live outside the camp, the town, the village. Now all of that I get. You know, I, I just think to myself, boy, that doesn't seem like they're treating them very well, does it? And, and I think about it and I think, Torn clothes. I mean, do you know I've seen people come out with a brand new pair of jeans all tore up and torn? And I'm thinking, don't, don't you just want to look at him and cry out, leper! Stay away, vile, unclean. I digress. Solicitation, yeah. 
Wouldn't that just warm your heart? Here you are, here's how you have to act. Everybody knows who you are. They knew enough about Jesus, though, that though other people would say, stay away, don't you be coming to me soliciting anything, they knew that Jesus did not have out the sign, no soliciting. How do you think it is that they possibly knew that or thought about that? They knew enough about Jesus, he wouldn't have it out, and that's why they're crying out, and this was Jesus' life. And this is Jesus' life to this day. People are asking of him constantly in that day and in this day. Constantly, we call it prayer. I know, I get it. But here they are. And they said everything right. They did everything right. And they have this loud request. You see the word loud there, right? They're loud about it. And they say, Master. That's the title I give them. I know what a master mechanic is. A mechanic that's great at things. I I know what a master welding technician is. I worked in a welding shop. I know what a master tool and die is. Maybe you're a master at auditing or whatever it might be, an auditor. But they seem to think that he was a master at pity and mercy. Master, have mercy on us. Master, have pity on us. They, they didn't shout, please heal us. I assume they figured that he knew that. And we call it prayer, but soliciting the attention of Jesus for pity. And so maybe today, You've thought, I'm not sure Jesus can hear me. I'm not sure Jesus cares about me. I don't know, whatever it might be. Maybe if you've done something, or maybe you're here just searching to find Jesus Christ. The scripture boldly says, says I, I want to hear from you. I will consider. He is the master of mercy. He's the master of pity. Though that may sound not like such a great thing to you and me, it is a great thing. See, Jesus does not have the no soliciting sign out. You can talk to him today. Number three, solution. The solution, verse 14. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. See, they had already been to the priests at least once, right? Because according to the Old Testament, they had to go to the priest. He was supposed to take a look at them. He was supposed to find out if this was an infectious disease. They didn't have the infectious disease control center. That's they went to the priest. And only a priest could go back and declare that they were clean. And you would think, why a priest? And really probably didn't have a doctor like we may know. And uh, you think about it, uh, leprosy was one of those metaphor pictures in the Old Testament for sin. If they were to declare unclean, there was a time when they could declare clean. And it is this picture of you and I living in a world, maybe not even walking around looking like this as a leper, but definitely carrying the weight of our sin, acting out the way that our sin has caused, and having the ability to say and know and recognize, and that's the key to being a Christian, recognizing I am unclean. And going to Jesus Christ, the master of mercy, the master of, of, of um, cleansing us. Here's the solution. Jesus comes along. He's trying to make this connection, and the Scripture's trying to make this connection to sin, leprosy, clean, and unclean. And Jesus said to them, as, while they still had leprosy, he says, go show yourself to the priest. While they still had leprosy, and it says, as they went, they were cleansed. They couldn't get back to their homes and villages fast enough. In the past, they couldn't get there. Imagine, they're trying to just get home. They're trying to just get back to their village. 
They're living on the outside of it all, hanging out with each other. And the truth of the matter is, for all who recognize that they have had leprosy, unclean, sin, the only way to get home, heaven-bound home, is to come to Jesus Christ. He is the one willfully, willfully ready and able to forgive and to cleanse. I don't know if you have any idea what it's like to be um, quarantined, right? Quarantined, kept away, whatever it is, kicked out. You know, a lot of my friends and I grew up playing hockey, and we used to hang out whenever there wasn't hockey during open skates. And during open skates, all the hockey players were there, and everybody else was there. I actually one time knocked an elderly gentleman over. He was probably 70 years old and broke his ankle. He got in my way. We did, I mean, all we did was just, you know, you're skating around, you get a, if, you, if you skate too fast, if you knock somebody down, like, that's a big deal. In hockey, we fall down all the time. You would get banned from the CEOR ice rink in, in Cleveland, CEOR. You'd get banned, and the only time you could get let back in was when the manager of the CEOR ice arena said so. I was looking at my sister throughout all this. She knows all my stories. Stay away from her today. And the only way that you could get back home, the only way that a Christian, the only way somebody who's not a Christian today can get back home is if the manager of the, and the Savior of our soul says, come on, come on home. He tells them what to do, and he tells us what to do. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I need you to forgive me of my uncleanness, my leprosy, and maybe that is you here today. As much as we're talking to Christians about developing a thankful heart, we're talking to those who, like me at 25, did not know Christ. If that's you today, Jesus, he has the solution. Jesus, he is the solution. Jesus had the solution for the lepers, and he has the solution for your sin and mine number four the sound verse 15 one of them when he saw he was a he was healed came back praising god in a loud voice he threw himself on jesus feet and thanked him and he was a samaritan and he was a samaritan just happened to stick that in there did you luke do you know thankfulness has a sound thankfulness has a sound when we saw the man wearing the Korean hat, we didn't just think we're thankful. We spoke up and said, thank you. I have some friends, I don't know if they still practice this, but as Christians, they'd go into a restaurant, they'd bow their heads and just be silent. And I'm not trying to... If you head into a restaurant and there's 30 tables of people having, having a meal, and you bow your head and thank Jesus Christ out loud for the food, the only difference between you and them, because I tell you, they're going to eat their meal, and you're going to eat your meal. And they're going to be full, and you're going to be full. They're going to have heartburn, and you're going to have heartburn. The only difference is walking out of there, God knows who's thankful. And God knows, and you know, where that meal came from. If you wonder sometimes why Jesus is good to some and not the other, sometimes it's just a matter of, will I be thankful in spite of situations? Thankfulness, it has a sound. And I wonder how many times the rest of this leper's life he told his family and his friends of the story of healing. 
He would tell him, you're not going to believe what happened. He just spoke to us, and we're just walking there, and all of a sudden, boom! I didn't even need to get to the priest because the great high priest healed me. Isn't this how it's supposed to be with Christians? Aren't we supposed to be redeemed, saved, head into eternity with grateful and thankful hearts? This is not how we're supposed to be. Understanding that in this world, sometimes there is garbage, but we have an eternal destiny. Thanks be to Jesus Christ. As Samaritan, here's the Samaritan here, and the Samaritans and the Galileans, you ask yourself the question, what is Luke trying to say when he says, you know, he was a Samaritan? You know, Jesus has done this several other times. The woman at the well in John 4, Samaritan, she had her leprosy. It was, what, four or five ex-husbands. Jesus used a Samaritan, and he told a story about a man who was beaten and robbed, and the haughty high priests walk on the other side of the road, kind of what you do downtown when you see, a, you see somebody who's like a bum or somebody like that. Oh, somebody just walk on the other side of the road. And he tells a story about the Samaritan comes along and takes care of him, bends him He gives, he puts him up at a hotel, and the hotel guy says, you know, if you need anything else, he says to him, let me know on the way back, I'll pay for that too. And he called him the, we call him the good Samaritan, which has got to be a finger in the eye of some of those Jews. What? There's no such thing as a good Samaritan. And I wonder, I contemplate, I, I think about this myself. You know, here's one out of ten, and he's in the minority. He's in the minority. And you know you're in the minority. Whether you're at work or at school or whatever it is in, in your family, you're in the minority. But that's not supposed to bring your shouting, loud, thankful praise to God to a whisper. We're working on our heart today. We're working on that one section of our heart that it may be black and dark, but we, it'll affect the rest of the heart. We want to be sanctified, holy, we want to be thankful so that, that that part of our heart brings light. This guy was loud when he asked. Did you notice that? And the scripture says he was loud when he was thanking Jesus. I just hope that our thankfulness hasn't been quieted to a whisper. Number five, silence. Here's the silence. Jesus asked three questions, everybody. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Wait a minute, that's kind of a put down, isn't it? Something else the scripture wants us to know and see, and if it's a foreigner, is it the possibility, and they looked at, you guys all think this guy's a foreigner, but he's doing what's right. And then he goes on to say, verse 19, then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. What is it that brings a person 25 years from a sinful life, probably broke every one of the Ten Commandments, never killed anybody, but the Scripture says, if you've hated, you've killed. What is it that brings somebody to that place, to where I am today? Faith in what Jesus Christ had done. I tried all of my life to be a good enough guy. I was taught to be a gentleman. And thought that if I got to heaven, my good works were going to outweigh my bad works on a scale. Problem is, is <laughs> I was really not thinking about all the things I had done wrong. I was really not thinking too much about that. I was just piling up all the good that I had done. And 
and I see here, and I see that your faith has healed you. Now, you know, there's not just Samaritans that were hated. There was a Canaanite woman in Matthew 15. A Canaanite. The enemies is Israel, almost all of their born days. She comes to Jesus, and she says, you know, I have a daughter, demon-possessed. She is tormented by it. And she's asking Jesus, and Jesus makes this statement, everybody. Verse 24, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And she says, yeah, but don't dogs sometimes get the crumbs that fall from the table? And he says, because of your faith, go, she is healed. Don't get me wrong. Faith has action to it. Faith is accompanied by action. But we cannot remain silent. The only person of the ten leopards who Jesus spoke these words over was the one who returned, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Only one who had come back and remembered Jesus. And I don't know, I've been saved since I was 25, 26. I want to make sure I haven't forgotten to be thankful and tell the story just like I'm sure this guy is. Next Sunday night at 6 o'clock right here, we're having a night of praise and thanksgiving. And then pie. Got to get that in there. This is going to be a time for Christians to come out and say what you are thankful for. We'll have some worship time. We'll have some praise. I know there'll be all kinds of excuses. You don't have to stay home to see if the Browns will win or lose. Come out. Join us. Put the effort into it to have a time of thanks to our God. Silence. Sometimes I get concerned. And I say to myself and I say to you, don't let the darkness, don't let the weather, don't let the silence or the storms in life keep you and me from being thankful. Let's be loud about it. In your notes I have, where's your focus? I ask myself this question. I ask you this today. Where's our focus? You know, we, we get all out of focus sometimes, no doubt about it, man. Work can get us out of focus. The pressures of life can get us. An illness can get us out of focus. And sometimes materialism, we get out down that road and we, we kind of like are so focused on all that. We're not thankful for what we have. We're just wanting something else. And I would hope, like I said before, that for the rest of this guy's life, this Samaritan leopard was thankful. And I would hope and pray that that is the fact and that is the truth with Christians here today. Do you know that when you are focused on being thankful, it covers over a lot of other junk in life? Think about it. You have a baby. You have a grandbaby. It's healthy, and you're thankful for that. And there's everything else going on in your life, but for that period of time, you receive something, you're grateful, and whenever you've received something, whenever you've been the most thankful, it overcomes some of the other garbage in life. It overcomes it. So I ask you today, what's the scene that you're in today? What's the situation you find yourself in today? Have you been soliciting Jesus about it? Oh, let me ask you this. How many times have you solicited him and he was the solution? He was definitely for your salvation. There's one prayer I promise you he answers every time. Jesus, forgive me a sinner. Save me. That's one he'll answer every time. The sound. Can Jesus hear your thankfulness? Can Jesus or anybody else around you hear the sound of your thankfulness? Or has it been silenced? 
Have you become ungrateful for so, so many blessings in this life? I, I think we could literally sing the song, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Take the alphabet and every letter, find something we're thankful for. The asterisk in your notes, the last thing I want you to fill in there, just a challenge to us today, just to ask yourself, has your thankfulness to Jesus been silenced? Just a question, just a thought, because in your sanctifying holy walk, part of that part of our heart has to be thankful. If it's dark, it's dark. And it's going to affect the rest of the heart, but if it's light... Oh, what great love it can be. I mean, I ask myself, have you been acting like the other nine? Just went, got what you got, just moving on down the road. Have we stopped being thankful to Jesus and become ungrateful? Man, our salvation, it's supposed to last us through and through. It's the one thing that the gift of God that's given to us that is eternal. We have it eternally. We've grown up in America, folks, and we have been the recipients of some of the greatest bounty God has poured out on any country in the world. We got enough. We got enough to be grateful for, even if we're not Christians. Hebrews 12, verse 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving, I N G. We are receiving. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, it's eternal, right? Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God. He's a consuming fire. Could I give you a couple thoughts today? You have an empty line there. Could I give you a couple thoughts to develop a thankful heart, and I'm sure some of you, you're more creative than I am at this. Maybe you could use your social media to three times a week, I am thankful to Jesus. Right, don't be afraid to say his name. I am thankful to Jesus for. You could put my name in there if you like. Maybe you'll make a pact with somebody today, you know, somebody that you know, you know, that whenever you see them, you'll state what you're thankful for. I was talking about this, and Lori came up to me and said, every morning, Sandy and her text each other what they're thankful for. That'll keep you on track. You have some thought. You have something that um, you know much better than I. You are much more creative than I. But what is the Spirit prompting you to do, to develop, to get your heart sanctified in thankfulness to our God? Candy's going to come. She's going to play for me. And as we prepare our hearts, I want to pray for us as Christians. And I also want to possibly think, is there someone here today? You'd have never thought of yourself as a leper. I never did either. But you're unclean because of your sin. And you know, coming to Jesus Christ it can be wiped clean. Coming by faith. Ten came, one walked away, and Jesus over him said, you know, your faith has healed you. Folks, after all, every part of us in our heart, it's kind of like a Lego project, right? Every part of our heart has different parts of it. Thankfulness is so important, so integral to the part of our sanctified life. We cannot leave it aside. Would you bow your heads with me today?
Father, as we prepare our hearts just for an entire month of Thanksgiving, the, the focus is it. And I understand that's thankfulness to America, thankful in America, and I appreciate that. But what we have, every human being in every third world country can also be thankful to, to you. Will you prod our hearts and speak to us? We give you permission. Tell me where it is that I have been ungrateful or unthankful. Maybe Jesus, like in me personally, sometimes it just starts to happen and you forget it. And by your spirit, you put your finger on it today. And when we become grateful and thankful, our, our holy life, our sanctified life is going to just sprout. It's going to grow. It's going to give us just the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ with us. And today, Jesus, maybe there's somebody here today they have asked themselves the question, what is the difference between where I'm at now and where I'm going? And If you're here today and you want to go home, that starts, heaven starts here. And so for you today, maybe today you want to make that decision to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Would you please say to the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, I'm a sinner. I am unclean, but you are the one I know who can make me clean you pray that you talk to the Lord Jesus Christ because he'll speak over you your faith has healed you in Jesus name I pray